Welcome to the FitPro Podcast, a brand new initiative from FitPro for forward-thinking professionals who want the latest information while on the move. We hope you enjoy this week's pod, and for further information about today's podcast, head over to our social media pages and start the conversation. And to offer feedback and suggestions for future podcasts, get in touch with us at publishatfitpro.com. Hi guys and welcome to another webcast from FitPro. My name is Teresa Wheatley and I'm joined by my dear friend, fitness professional and all-round top bloke Richard Allender. We wanted to do this webcast today to highlight Men's Mental Health Awareness Month and we wanted to come up with some top tips for you guys out there but also things to support our clients and just one another all in all. So the stats are one in eight men have got common mental health problems we felt this is a really important initiative to talk about. So why Richard? So as I said, Richard's my very good friend and has been there for me on my own sort of mental health wobbles. He's someone I can check in with, laugh with, but certainly I know supports many people in the industry as a fellow fitness professional, but also his clients. So I'm going to hand it over to Richard. Welcome and tell us a little bit about why you're here and what you do. Hey, well, nice to see you, and thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I think I think it's just very important. I mean, when you raised the issue before, I was like, "That's something I need to talk about because I think it's something that people, again, people pay lip service to it, but not enough people try and find a solution to it. People kind of go, "Yeah, mental health." And I think people got so used to hearing that term, mental health, they don't know what it means to everyone because mental health means so many different things to so many different people. And when it comes to men, I feel like. From a personal point of view, not enough is done to try and seek solutions. And that works both ways. It's like having solutions available to men and for men to actually go towards that solution. So I think any kind of conversation where people might go, actually, that might be me or that might be someone I care about. It just raises that conversation, doesn't it? Absolutely. So thanks for, for joining us. So I wanted to ask you, actually, what do you, um, what do you think makes men struggle so much with mental health? It's a tough one because I think for most men of a, of a certain age, um, they were sort of brought up in a, an age where it was it's masculinity was very, very stereotypical. It was like kind of like man up was the term. Um, it was like kind of suck it up, son, get on with it. And so you're brought up with that kind of masculine sort of kind of emphasis on it so that when people are thinking, actually, I don't feel like that. I feel something deeper and more emotional. It wasn't the kind of environment where people felt they could go talk to people. I mean, it wasn't until like probably in my like 20s, early 30s that some of my close friends started coming out and telling me about their emotions. Because by that time, the, the, the seeds, I guess the tide had changed slightly. And now I can talk to my friends and my close friends quite openly about being upset, being angry, um, going through hyperslopes. I just think it's taken a while for people to do it. And I think that adaptation is slower depending on where you are, your cultural background, your age, your sex, so many different parameters that can change. So again, it's not a one size fits all, but all I do know is the world has changed and men's mental health has changed as well. Yeah, and what I heard you say earlier about sort of paying lip service to it, it's almost, let's be honest, in the industry, there's lots of discussion about it and almost quite a lot of disclosure about our own mental health, which I really love that sort of authentic thing that's doing. But sometimes I almost wonder whether that's just an occurrence, I, you know, everyone else is doing it, but actually to step into it and to sit into examining your own mental health and, and also 
sort of being there and available for your friends, your clients is actually a much harder task, isn't it? So um, what do you do for your own mental health to look after it? What do I do for my own mental health? Yeah. Um, I guess I'm, and it's one of those ones where it's, it's a real open and honesty thing. I've been through so much of my life, um, but most people don't know about it because I don't broadcast it. I, I keep social media to for what it is. It's just a part of my life. Um, it's true to life, but when I'm going through tough times, and I don't mean I'm, I'm lucky, I'm one of the few lucky ones I suppose, I haven't experienced like depression or anxiety to any great level. I've, all, I've always had blips. We all have that whole kind of undulation, okay? So no one can say I'm always this, because someone says that, that's an alarm bell for me, um, straight away. So we, I've, I've lost friends, I've lost family, I've had injuries, I've had illnesses, I've seen people. So we've all gone through and experienced it. So for me, I think it's probably one of the best tools my father gave me. Now, his, he probably came from a similar kind of very masculine kind of way of dealing with things, but his way of dealing with things was just to go, actually, do you know what? Relative to this, this is nothing, or it's very small. So what my father gave me, what my dad gave me was perspective. So whenever I'm feeling quite down or even when I'm feeling elated, I'm like, okay, temper it on both sides because... It's about perspective. So if I'm like, oh no, I'm having a bad day, I'm like, actually, my bad day is probably someone else's good day. And there's still still good things to take out of that day um, and each scenario. So how do I deal with it? I step back. I've got no problem. I always, I've always had that ability to go, actually, when things feel like they're getting too much, I'll just step back. Yeah. Um, I'm not someone who's going to rant and rave and, and lose my hoo, so to speak. But if I feel like something, if I feel like the level's getting too high, I'm like I'm happy to step away from anything and anyone for the sake of my sanity. And that's before mental health became an issue. I've always been like, <clears throat> this person stressed me out. I'm not going to be around them much, or this environment stressed me out. I'm going to leave it because life is way too short. And so I think that for me has been my my big thing. I'm I love being around people, as we all do, being in the fitness industry. But I'm just as comfortable being on my own. So. I don't have a need to have to be in the limelight. I'm happy to be at home alone with my computer or do things. So that balance is what keeps me where I need to be. Yeah. So I heard perspective, which is really important. But I think Definitely. I think there is this thing, isn't there? Again, where it, it's almost like at times you could be thinking, "Oh, well, people have got it worse off than myself and stuff like that." But there is time, isn't there, to actually acknowledge a feeling, sit in it for a moment, and go, "What is going on?" and and sort of explore that. And that actually takes quite a lot, doesn't it? It's, you have to be vulnerable to experience the feelings, whether that's excitement or the depths of despair, right? So, yeah. you know, I know we were talking the other day, weren't we, about what vulnerability means and stuff. So do you want to say a little bit yeah. about that? Yeah, yeah I, would, I would say vulnerability is sexy, mm -hmm. essentially, because when someone is genuinely being vulnerable, they're literally opening themselves up to you. Now... And sexy doesn't mean sexy towards intimacy. It just means it's a sexy way of carrying yourself. So even if it's two guys opening up amongst themselves, it doesn't become a broke back mountain scenario. It just means, thanks for trusting me, dude. I'm going to give you some back so you can trust me. And before you know, you've got a, you've got a deeper relationship between two guys where typically people would go, well, they're just two guys just hugging it out and being all macho. No, eventually it gets to a point where every now and then you can step away from the norm step into a real vulnerable place and also in regards to relationships if you can say to your partner i'm feeling vulnerable right now that sentence in itself should be enough to go oh what's up 
and suddenly someone's there to listen. Whereas a lot of times I feel um, men tend to act up rather than talk about their vulnerabilities. So what I mean by that is um, that vulnerability or that insecurity or unhappiness might manifest itself as anger, for example, or it manifests itself as um, maybe an OCD or anxiety, or, or they just disconnect just because they don't know how to deal with those emotions. And I think sometimes people or guys who are used to being fixers are thinking, I can't fix this. So if I can't fix it, no one else can. Where it's like, actually, you don't need to have someone fix it. Sometimes it's just nice for someone to listen to you and you might be able to fix it yourself, but you have to put it out there if that makes sense. What do you think? 100%. And listening is such a huge, huge skill, isn't it? You know, it's that sort of place of empathy where, you know, we look at sympathy and you go, oh, you know, I feel really sorry for you. And empathy is actually having to go into that place with somebody but not be dragged in there. And these, yeah. you know, I, I, I certainly through having been in the industry, worked out that being authentic, I know it's a real buzzword, was something that I, you know, I wanted to do, but I, I found quite difficult because there was me trying to be professional. And you think by being professional, you have to put on this face and, you know, and, and sort of act a certain way. But actually, the more authenticity you display, and I think that's what you do so well, Richard, actually, you, you bring yourself to sort of your professional side and things. I think what that does is it really builds rapport because it's not artificial. It's yeah. not superficial. There's more depth. Without you, like you say, on social media, it's, you know, it's not like you have to disclose every single thing, you know? Let's be honest, when it comes to real full disclosure about difficulties, feelings and stuff, that only comes through deep friendships and intimacy, okay. you know? Because actually, if somebody's over-disclosing, we know that also that's a bit of a red flag, yeah? Yeah. For me, one thing that sort of resonates with a lot of what you're saying is I feel, and obviously I think it's fair to say I'm not a guy, but um, I think that stress is worn as a bit of a, uh, almost like um, badge of honor. Yeah, yeah, badge of honor. That's exactly what I want to say. It's like, you know, and so when I heard you saying you step back, I think that's a real, you know, that's a really amazing thing for you know, it's a role modeling thing, like being able to step back is really important for our kids to see as well. We don't just keep on going and stress isn't, you know, stress drives us to a certain point, but actually you want to talk about maybe from a male perspective of that sort of badge of honor that we often wear with stress. Yeah, and I think going back to what you just said uh, about the fact it's being a role model. So again, there's two sides to everything. So what I'll view as stepping back from something um, because I don't feel it's going to take me in the right place, for example, like, I'll view that as being positive. But the person on the other side of that might view that as a negative. They'll say, hold on, he walked away from this project or he walked away from this or he walked away from me. And again, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. So it's one of those things where you go, it's good for me. It might not be good for someone else. Because if I say, actually, I'm not happy about this connection or if anyone's ha not happy walking away shouldn't just be your first thing it should always be you should always try and create building blocks and, and have a line of communication first and if that line of communication doesn't work over a period of time yeah. however that period of time it needs to be then feel free to step back but you have to try and bridge those gaps first so if I'm stressed if I'm stressed with a client for example and that client isn't moving forward and I'm getting stressed training them because I'm thinking hold on we're I've got to say, as I have done many times before, this isn't working. Maybe yes. I'm not the right one for you. 
because I might not be enjoying looking, I might not be looking forward to our sessions and you don't feel like, or you don't seem like you're looking for these sessions or what we plan to do isn't working. Why is this? And if we have a few discussions, I've passed on clients many times before, I've ended clients many times before because it's a sake of professionalism. Because I'm trying to be authentic by saying, actually, it's not true to myself. I'm not enjoying this. If I can't enjoy this, I can't give you 100% me. And you might find someone out there who can give you exactly what you need. Because if you're, if I was giving you what you needed, you'd be further along the line than I am. And so it's not about money. You have to, you have to step away sometimes. And again, as fit pros, I think we forget that we can say no. <laughs> it's okay to say no, people. I know people say you should always say yes and then figure out, yeah. Once you've said yes a certain amount of time, you get to a certain age, as I'm sure you might agree. I mean, both of us are still in our early 30s. <laughs> you get to a point where you go, actually, I don't need to say yes to everything anymore. And then suddenly that stress decreases. So that's bad you wonder that people, that guys tend to have. And I know it. I've, I'm like, yeah, people are like, how are you, Richard? Yeah, I'm busy, man. I'm so busy. Wow, things are up to here. I'm spinning plates. And people go, well, yeah, well done. You go, actually, we're all busy. Yes. It, we're all busy in our own little way we're all busy so that badge of honor doesn't really mean much no. so if that badge of honor is actually hurting you and um sort of affecting your productivity it's no good and i for me it seems that you know a lot of us feel that that needs to be our driver that we, we you know be professional we need to be doing everything i love this, the thing that you're sort of saying that actually you say no actually Sometimes saying to a client, you know, that honest conversation, which is a bit like, um, you know, I'm seeing this and I'm not sure it's working. As soon as you say that, that can transform, it can transform somebody because oh, I'm so glad. On a, on a subconscious level, they're thinking, actually, this person really cares enough for me. They're actually able to say. So probably not many people do it, you know, and yeah. probably don't, don't get to that stage, which is just like, let's play along with this and pretend it's going well. But actually, you know, even saying to someone, how do you feel this is working out? And they're like, oh, you know, uh, I mean, yes. It's it's, right, because let's be honest, a good trainer, a good coach, good PT yes. is in a relationship with their client. And so, because that relationship, there should be a rapport, there should be a bond. So, it's like having a relationship. If, if something wasn't working out with with a relationship you were having, as in a sexual relationship, um, you'd say to that person, "We need to talk." As soon as that happens, everything's keyed up. Yes. And if you're if you're saying something isn't working here, if that person deep down is thinking, "Actually, I know it's me," or something there, that starts a line of communication. Now, a lot of fit pros and a lot of men won't want to have these conversations because they know it's going to set up. A whole line of communication that follows afterwards so they go you know what i'll just keep trudging on when you go actually as you just said the amount of respect you get i've let clients go who've become who stayed friends or become friends because it just meant it wasn't working out with me it doesn't mean it's not going to work out but more often than not and this is the truth once i've had that conversation things usually change yes because yes. the fear of loss is enormous. They go, hold on, but oh, I should have been doing more, or I should have been listening more. I should have been engaging. I don't want to miss out on this opportunity because this might be my opportunity. And so again, it's that thing. So if you double that back from um, a client fit pro point of view to just a men's health and talking point of view, sometimes you just have to hit that trigger to say, we need to talk. This isn't working out. And then it starts a line of communication. 
There's one um, when I sort of studied sort of mental health, um, and certainly through my own experiences, I think there's a there's a really good initiative which is kind of ask twice. Um, you know those, and it, please don't think that I'm saying that it's superficial to say how are you, someone. We do it. It's quite. It's almost like a, a, a greeting. You know how you doing, and someone will say great. You know, or or if we're very British about it, we go oh, I'm really tired. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, it's actually asking that second or possibly third time, saying to somebody, you know, and, and I've found this has helped with my male friends more necessarily than my girlfriends, because maybe I've built those relationships where we are just able to just talk openly, but, you know, actually being brave enough to ask someone that second time. No, really, how are you? Yes. And just leaving it. You yeah. Know? And, and they might go, yeah, um, you know, I, I'm, I don't really want to talk about it, but they may not want to talk about it, and that's fine, but they know that you've taken the time to ask, and it might take a few more months of that, yeah. and then closing down for them to feel like, okay, there's this, there's this avenue and stuff. So, what have you learned about mental health in the last, hmm, I don't know, what happened recently, in the last year or so? What what, what things did you take on in lockdown that you've sort of kept on? Is there anything? I learned so much. And can I just say, my experience is not typical. Because um, I've always spun loads of plates, lots of plates. I've always tried to be, I've never tried to be the best at anything. I'm trying to be really competent at a lot of things. Um, fatherhood is the only thing I want to be the best at for my daughter. And so I put my career, I sort of stepped back from my career to focus on, um, on our daughter and to do lots of work things. But I found myself trying to spin those plates. My, my other half's a head teacher, so she's not around as much as some people might be. So I was taking the lead on like the pickups and drop-offs. So my day was very condensed. And then homework, this gymnastics, off-school clubs, looking after other people's kids. I'm like, wow, I suppose trying to do everything else. And people are like, how do you do it? And I'm like, I'm managing. Whereas what lockdown did is it took the plates off for a while. And I was like, hold on. I quite like it being a little bit quieter and I can actually think a bit more. And so when we're in the house in this homeschooling and thing, that was, wasn't too bad. I moved all my clients online. So I was like, hey, I'm not having to worry about traveling here, driving there, petrol here, congestion charges. And, uh, yeah. Suddenly it got a lot calmer. And I was like, actually, I'm not going to go back to as many clients going to their homes anymore. I moved most of my clients online. Um, and because I was like, that plate doesn't need to go back up there. Does that make sense? And I think what a lot of people, what I found for a lot of people was during lockdown, their mental health was, I saw a lot of people who's, who just let their plates drop and break. Yes. They waited for things to happen and then they were reacting to it. Whereas I think what we did here, I was like, this isn't going to work. So I stopped, I took the plates down first yeah. and then put them back up one at a time to the point where, where I am now, I'm like, I'm in a good place. I've got a bit of freedom. I've got flexibility to think. I can see friends, family. I can help my parents out. I can do the school runs, I can still grow my business, grow my presence, still do my social media, try and do everything, but I'm not running around like I was before. I feel a lot calmer. And that's because I saw lockdown as an opportunity rather than a threat. What it showed me, yeah, yeah. yeah do you know what I mean? And what I, what I saw from a lot of colleagues and friends and was the fragility of mental health for men and women. People who kept themselves so busy so they didn't have to deal with things suddenly had way too much time in their hands and way too much time in their own heads. And I think that was one of the biggest things where people could go, oh, I'll keep busy because I don't need to think about it. Suddenly I had loads of friends 
questioning their existence. If they were single over 35, they were like, why is this? Why am I having meaningless sex with strangers all the time, which I can't do now because we're in lockdown. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't just go out drinking, get drunk every weekend, do things and go out clubbing with my friends. I can't, I can't just go on nice holidays. All these things that people kind of did to fill the time, they could do so much. And also had people who relationships who suddenly realized that they weren't actually connected to the other halves. And so my situation, not perfect, we had long talk here as well, because there's lots of all relationships, all friendships, there's always two of two and fro, so you have to you have to talk. But I I would say that I noticed that people just had too much time and didn't know what to do with it. One of the things I think that happened in lockdown, which I think was really good, was although our own experiences were very different, we were all going through a similar thing. That's and, I, and I feel that it gave people permission to talk about the difficulties, you know? Yeah. So I found that people that were reaching out more, which was really, really great. What I've noticed is that's kind of changed again. And I kind of want to, I, I, I've actually asked a few of my friends, you know, what are the things that you, you said you were definitely going to continue to do? Like lockdown taught us all these things. I'm going to make more time for myself. I'm going to this, I'm going to that. And I'm like, how much of that did you continue? And they're like, oh my God, wait a minute. I've just gone back to, to what I was doing. And from a mental health perspective, when you know, when you feel you're in something with other people, it's almost like I have permission to talk about it. You know, but I think when we look at the statistics of mental health um, and people who are struggling, the statistics are so high, and yet it feels like I can't talk about it. It's it's you know, it's embarrassing, certainly for myself. It took me a long time to talk about things. I was certainly dealing with it, but I was like, well, first of all, what professional would say they have this this and this it was like you know and I and and I, I then realized actually when I started talking about it and being much more open people were like thank you thank you for saying that because now I feel okay you know okay about it but that's one of the things I've noticed about lockdown a lot of people learn a lot but I'm kind of curious of who's kept with those you know the what I learned it's knowledge did I keep up with it and you know I'm sort of want people to remember and honor that you know a little so what oh, yeah. can we do? oh sorry i'm slightly oh no 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 <laughs> no I'm, I'm no i'm no i'm 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 with you on that 100 because like i said why don't anyone to think and, and you know this and uh, why don't anyone to watch this think oh yeah he, he's he's not suffering i i suffer for everything everything that we all go through but i suffer from it in what i'd like to say in isolated moments and or scenarios so there's times i'm feeling low and it's because of something and there's times i'm elated because like it's just basically the human condition. What I try not to do is allow myself to stay in that moment for too long. So if anyone else is thinking, oh, he's, he's full of bravado, men's help, I'm like, trust me, I get anxiety before I'm teaching because I've not taught on stage for a long time. So I had to teach at an event a few months ago. I've been on stage for over a year and a half, imagine. I'm A, anxious about going to that event. And I'm, I was so almost sick before the class started because I was just nervous. I was like, literally shaking i forgot my choreography almost before the music started thankfully as soon as the music started i remembered it came back but up to that point for like the whole night before that i was a wreck but again i didn't go oh no i'm suffering from anxiety i i'm someone who suffers from anxiety no i was anxious about that yes, i got absolutely. past it does that make sense i got past it i was like oh then the next thing comes along oh yeah i've lost a friend i'm sad and i held on for that for a while then you come up, but you come back. You have to have, as far as I'm concerned, you've got to try and have people or a place or something that's an anchor to keep bringing you back 
from, if that makes sense. If you've got yes. strong, a strong circle, you have a strong anchor to come back from those things. If you don't have a genuine, authentic circle or someone or something to have, give you purpose, it's hard to come back. It is. And I, I guess that's when people in that situation who don't feel they have that, that's when they have to reach out for help and stuff. Definitely. And that, that's a big thing. But, I, you know, I think it's, I mean, all the support that I've had over the years, I, I'm just like, you know, I sort of look back at myself when I was in my 20s and I was trying to do everything and be so professional and stuff. I'm like, why didn't I start therapy earlier? Do you know? Yeah. And I'm so glad that I reached out. But there were, you know, what tends to happen for most people is it has to get that bad before you reach out. And I kind of, you know, it would be lovely, wouldn't it, if we sort of, you know, for some, you're a trainer, right? So, and a coach. And so, you train people's bodies. I mean, I know you take care of their minds as well, but we don't do enough to look after ourselves, our own mental health and stuff. But, yeah. you know, hearing some of the things like being able to step back, having that anchor point, you know, not everybody is that fortunate, are they? They're just no. not as fortunate at that time, and they just need some support and help, and it's knowing when and how to reach out, you know? I, was, um, I also think that, and I, was, I spoke to one of my clients about it, actually, if you, um, actually a couple months ago, because we kept having a sticking point. And it's one of these conversations I was like, I, I saw her in a different style. I saw her in a social uh, style with some of her friends. And she was a very different person to the person I trained on camera and everything. And, I, and in one of our sessions, I mentioned about it, a comment. And she was like, yeah, they don't know the real me. I'm, I'm more like the real me when I'm just training. And, and, and I was like, oh, but they're your friends. And she's like, yeah, they don't know that. So I was like, so hold on. So you said that they're your friends, but... I see more of the real you than they do, but they're your friends. And so I was like, do you understand what's happening here? Because then when you're not happy with things, they're discussing things with you and trying to help you, but they're not actually helping the, the real you. They're helping, I said, to split yourself into two different people. You are this person, this is the person they see. They're talking to that person, communicating with that person, trying to help that, but you're still staying behind. So all the things that you want help with, you're not getting because the other you is getting it. If you if you show them the real you, then they can actually react and help the real you. And it took a while. She was like, that's she's like that with her family. They think she's got all her stuff together, right. and she has a big facade. So therefore, no one reaches out and says, "Are you okay?" Yeah. Because the facade says, "I've got it under control." So no one goes. Everyone goes. Everyone's like, "Oh, they've got it under control," and they leave you be. And you go, "Actually, that's that is happening more often than not." The smiley, happy, ah. Uh, Yes. It's under the surface. And sometimes even the asking, how are you twice, isn't enough. Sometimes it's the head tilt. Are you okay? Yeah. Is this something you need to talk about? Or why did you do that? Are you okay? Yeah. It, it, it's, I think it's the whole thing in the fitness industry. And obviously, again, as fitness coaches, it's a fine line between being Mickey Mouse as in, what I mean by is Mickey Mouse doesn't have a bad day. At Disney World, Mickey Mouse is all smiles and hi. Yeah. It's a fine line between Mickey Mouse to your clients and keeping it real with your clients and going, yeah, I've had a tough time. I'm having a tough time. But even though I'm having a tough time, I'm still here for you. For you, yeah, 100%. You know what you did so well in that situation? I think that comes down to experience and being a great coach, trainer. Is you heard something leak out, didn't you? That leaked yeah. out of her, which was, you know, you only get to see the real me. And I think there must be a part of somebody in that situation, I'm not talking about this client, that must feel quite, um, I was going to say disillusioned. No, um, 
those needs are not getting met. No. All of us have got needs, but if we're if we're not bringing our authentic self, how can anybody meet our needs? Certainly, we, you know, we're not. I love Brené Brown. I'm sure some some other people know of her. And there's um, she's got amazing books. She's got some really good audible things. One of the really great um things is something called the Power of Vulnerability. But she has some really great definitions of things. And, and, and one of the things is about being authentic. And, you know, it's a bit like um, when we're authentic, she says it, and she says it a lot better than me, is don't shrink and don't puff up. Say, stay in your sacred ground, which is basically be you. Don't make yourself smaller, because a lot of us will make ourselves smaller if we're sort of in that situation, or we puff up and like, yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, just stay true to you. And that's really, really hard, isn't it? And I think it's our responsibility as trainers to be that, you know, yeah. to be authentic and, you know, I, I know, I'm using that buzzword way too much, but it's, it's, no, but it's it, true. It, no, but you have to use a buzzword because, I mean, authenticity is one of the things that is, I've always said, if anyone's known me for any period of time, I've got friends at school who are like, you haven't changed at all. I'm like, great. Because yes. I'd like, like to think I haven't changed that much from being that little 14, 15, 16-year-old kid who still sees the good in people, still has a laugh, doesn't take myself too seriously. Yes. And I'm like, I'm just enjoying being here. I'd like to think age 46, 30 years later, I'm still that same person. When friends are like, oh, you haven't changed much since you were at school. Physically, I have. Mentally, I have. Emotionally, I have. But the package has still kept a certain, a certain thread all the way through. Does that make sense? 100%. 100%. Let's be honest. Your career has been, you know, you've presented, you've been in in many sort of fortunate situations where I think a lot of people coming into this industry go, oh, I want to be like that. But you have yeah. remained authentic. You, oh, this is when I realized my battery is running low on the recording. I'm just going to, uh, but you've remained, you know, really, really authentic within that. At a time when it wasn't a buzzword, Richard, I've known you a long time and you yeah. never were that sort of person that was kind of like, look at me. And that's, what I really loved about that experience. And that's why I became friends, because I wasn't like, I wasn't like, oh gosh, who does this person think he is? It's yeah. not that. Often that's insecurity showing itself up as you puffing up, right? You oh, yeah, totally. stay very grounded and stuff like that. And that's, you know, that's why it's so lovely to have you on this chat. But so, I think, but I, because interrupt, but I think this is, and this is why one of the nicest things someone said to me was almost like a backhanded compliment, startup. Well, I was teaching at a fitness event about five, about four or five years ago, and they were like, "You're still doing these," and I was like, "Of course I am," because having I've, I've trained some really cool people, celebrities, done DVDs, I've been on, done biggest things, I've done TV shows, I've been to, I've been in LA doing, I've done some really cool things in my life, but I'm like, I've always done fitness events, I've always gone to like scummy little um, flats and B and Bs and stuff, whatever, and, and gone to Canvas Sands and the Hempies <laughs> and Pompton. I'm like, I've always done that. So why would I suddenly stop just from doing some other cool stuff? It's still this cool stuff. Let's be honest, that cool stuff is so short, isn't it? In, in life, totally. like you know, it's just a little. You get to play in that environment, and then you come back to the real you. And if you've not remained the real you, that's going to be a really weird place. Or everyone that's around you going, there you go. What's happened to him? They're, they're, yeah, exactly. They're, they're all going, oh, Mr. Billy Big Balls. And it's not <laughs> just for me, for want of the best word. It takes this to like all mental health. I mean, and you've got lots of people you probably have in your life that you've gone, oh, they've been a bit, a bit, 
They've changed as they've gone up in their career. And, and when things go bad, they can't handle it because they've only ever seen going up. So you go, actually, temper that a little bit with be successful, but appreciate at every step you're at and appreciate if you have to come back again, it's yes. not a problem because you yes. shouldn't be defined by where you are down here or where you are up there. So true. So true. 100%. So um, let me ask you this. I mean, obviously, because we have you on here, you, you're now the ambassador for all men. Uh, <laughs> It's a joke, obviously. So, yeah, you, you can take that mission. From your perspective, what do you think we can all do to help men's mental health? Good question. Well, on behalf of mankind, can I just say... <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, mixed messages. I think that is a big thing. Mixed There's only mixed messages. So right. what, I'm, what I mean by that is, a few years ago, men had to be men. Then a few years ago, men should be a bit more effeminate, skincare, shave, floss, do this. Then it's like, no, men wear skinny jeans and baggy tops. No, men wear facial hair. No, men. And so as the fashions change, people's expectations of men seem to change, along with fashions, which never happened before. Does, yes. that, does that make sense? Yes. yes. And so suddenly we're like, hold on, I'm a guy with a beard with big legs. And uh, what should I wear? I don't know. Groom your beard. Okay, I'll groom my beard. Wear baggy tops. Oh, okay, baggy tops now. That's what everyone expects. And suddenly, you're like, the person who's trying to be authentic doesn't know who they are because they're being told how to be a man by the media. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. And then at the same time, the messages come through, love yourself. They're like, I want to love myself, but I don't know who I love right now because I loved myself when I was this guy. Now you tell me I've got to be this guy. And then, and then it's like, okay, open the door for a lady. I'll open the door for a lady because I'm a gentleman. You, you misogynist, how dare you open up? You just take away that woman's power. But I was just trying to be polite. Why? Because she's weaker than you. No, I'll just open the door and say, oh, hi. I want, uh, do you know what I mean? And so there's so many mixed messages. So I think a lot of guys, it works both ways. There's, a, there's, there's lots of mixed messages. And I think that's where a lot of men are confused. Because what I was, I was saying, the wrong thing they're doing is always going to be wrong. If you do something negative, like cat calling, wolf whistling, slapping women's bums, being that, you're a jerk. Stop that. At no point was that okay. But if you're now frightened to go up to a woman in a bar or in a restaurant and a club and say, excuse me, I find you very attractive. Where 20 years ago, that might have started a relationship. That might have been someone who went, oh, he was so great. He did this. I, I liked him. I, I mean, and so it happened. People are now afraid to do that because they don't know if they're going to be a, a, accused of being too much too little. And then suddenly, what happens is women are going, men ain't like what they used to be. And they're like, what are we supposed to be right now? We don't know. And so you can see that that mental stress is happening. And so it's a it's a two-way street. Because then women are going, our mental health has been affected. Men's mental health has been affected. Everyone's mental health has been affected. And no one's winning right now. No, no, no. Yeah, I, that's, that's a brilliant answer. And I hadn't kind of predicted that that would be the answer, if that makes sense. That's really enlightening for me. One of the things that I know is, um, I mean, and I know we're talking male and female, let's be honest, let's be honest, you know, we're just going as if there's only this and that. I just, yeah. <laughs> let's be honest, we, you know, it's a whole com a different conversation. But if I'm talking from a female perspective, I'm, you know, uh, a female, you're a guy, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I want guys to be all vulnerable and stuff like that. And then when they are, we're like, what the hell's happened to you? We need you to be the man. We need you to be able to. 
So as I'm talking from a, a female perspective here, you know, we're wanting this, you know, vulnerability, but when it's exposed to us, we don't know what to do with it because this is new for us as well. So we, you know, it's 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 a learning curve for everybody, isn't it? Absolutely. So, um, Richard, we've explored lots of things and mental health and stuff. And you mentioned a few of the things as we wrap up. You mentioned some of the things that you have done. I know you're working on loads of things, and it would be really nice to hear a little bit about that now. If you could tell us. Well, I mean, I, I'm I'm I, I'm always having fun just training and coaching people, working with other fit pros. Um, education is a big thing. Um, but then one of the things that I am doing, I'm working with a company called Mighty Green, um, and it leads into mental health because it's a CBD company. Now, not everyone, a lot of people are hearing the buzzword CBD, and they're like, what is it? So I'm not going to go into it right now, but um, it is one of those things, it's massively and widely researched. And I was like, for someone who's never, I've never tried drugs, I've never drunk, I've never smoked, I've never tried any kind of steroids or anything like that. When they approached me and said, we want to talk to you about maybe doing some work with us as a fitness expert. I was like, well, thank you. Was everyone else busy? <laughs> but um, but I learned, I've learned so much about CBD and the effects it has on um, like anxiety, stress management, sleep, recovery. And so I'm working with Mighty Greens. And so it's major. And the cool thing is, um, it's also working with my old boss, so a guy called Mike Balfour, um, who used to be the owner and is the guy who started Fitness First. So it's not a small thing and obviously he sold fitness first for um many many years ago to dw and everything else so yeah he's invested in this company so therefore i'm like it's gonna be a big thing and working with a lady called claudia is amazing so for fit pros out there who want to know more about um, like the effects on tbd for your your clients your coaches the research is there it's amazing and also for people to manage their sleep so a lot of my clients are using it because i give them the option and my other half in a stressful environment as a teacher, she takes the drops once at night, once a week. Her sleep is deep now. I mean, and so the, the difference is amazing. So hey, it's, it's just there. And that's one of the things you see me doing. I've also been lucky enough to still work with Davina McCall on her platform online. I'm doing some stuff with Charlotte Crosby as well. So it's not me name dropping, it's just how, what I'm doing right now because Absolutely. after lockdown, I just got to a point where I was like, okay, our daughter's six years old now. I've been a full-on hands-on dad for six years and before it's too late I want her to know what daddy does for a living so this is like this is my chance to say you know what watch this I'm cool too you know ah I love that <laughs> I love it so where can they follow where, where can they where can people follow you um do you know what follow me on Instagram in fact do, follow us both follow Teresa if you're not doing it by now why not mm -hmm. all of you should be doing it uh, follow us both. I'm Rich Calendar. Um, I'm not going to say I'm hilarious, but I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm holding no, firm. You're really entertaining. Come on. You're so funny. And um, what I love is your war cry, right? So you, so I think people following you, they're going to see some great training, some really funny, really funny stuff as well. But there's some things that resonate that you kind of go yeah you say stuff that a lot of people are thinking are not brave enough to say and i you yeah, know that's what, yeah that's my war cry and that, and that came about what that nine years ago i think i did it on facebook i was having a rant one day and i thought i i can't remember something that really irked me about something and i was like actually people it's about respect and i think i wrote a, a big thing on facebook and i was like how am i going to end it i was like and that is my war cry yes Bang. 
and it went boom. And people were like, oh. And so then I was doing it on a regular basis and I, I've taken it across to Instagram. So every now and then I'll set the record straight with some things in a humorous way, but I'll say the things that we're thinking sometimes because sometimes people forget themselves and it's just okay. But sometimes the world needs to be told and set to right. So that's my mm-hmm. war cry. If you believe in war cries, follow me. It's Rich Calendar on Instagram. Say hi. And um, I think the thing is with that, when you said you had a rant, one of the things that you do brilliantly in this industry is you don't push others down, you raise yourself up. And there are a lot of people in this industry that I see doing that. It's like, well, I'll slag this off, I'll slag this off, and then in effect, I look great. And we know that cannot be good for our mental health. <laughs> I love how you just rolled your eyes. So yeah. you, know, you, you do that so well. And so you're supporting fellow fitness professionals while still staying true to your clients. You know, it's an amazing thing you're doing. And I want to say a big thank you for being my dear friend. But oh, also, no, thank you. <laughs> it's all right. But also for joining us today. I know you're a busy, busy man. Um, so people are going to follow you on Instagram. Um, what about the, the green pot? Where will they find out more about the green special pot? That hey, follow me and also go follow my mighty green. <laughs> if you cut that out, I will find you, okay? <laughs> I'm not going to um, But yeah, follow My Mighty Green. And do you know what's even better? This is my favorite thing. Like you, I've got two slip discs. I go through this um, CBD, magnesium, and menthol eucalyptus balm by the bucket load because I put it on and it gets all tingly and it's the pain relief is amazing and I stick like a baby. So that's for anyone who's training hard, use the CBD-infused muscle balm. It's a winner. And if you use Rich Calendar, you get 15% off. Which is always a oh, bonus. I know, well, check me out. I'm a, I'm a walking promo code. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, well, that's good. Well, look, we'll put that on the end of the, um, we'll put all the details at the end of, <laughs> at the end of this. Uh, Richard, it's been so lovely to talk to you. And uh, I want to say a massive thank you from the whole of the FitPro community. And I'm sure we will be hearing a lot from you soon. Uh, um, and I also want to say a massive thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure watching you fly and watching everyone come through lockdown. No matter what you do, everyone, just look out for each other, take care of each other. Sounds like Jerry Springer, but please just take care of each other, honestly, and um, say hi. All right. And thanks for having me. Oh, pleasure, Richard. See you later. Take care. Bye-bye. For more information about FitPro education and for details on FitPro membership and insurance, you can visit us at fitpro.com. We hope you enjoy today's podcast and see you next time.